Hello, everyone. My guest today is Ross Andrews. He's an entrepreneur at heart and loves creating things to find new and innovative ways to improve the quality of our lives, the way we run our businesses, and to make our world a more efficient place. His background is in genetic biology, and clearly he's taken a few twists and turns in life, now running a software company called Proximate.io. He loves to meet new people, learning about why they're working on and discussing new ideas or whatever they are pursuing at the time. Ross, are you ready to take us to the top? I'm going to definitely give my best. All right. Proximate.io. What do you guys do and how do you make money? Um, so Proximate is um, designed to be a uh, enterprise um, SaaS sales intelligence solution. And so our goal is to make sales intelligence, predictive sales analytics, really simple and easy. You know, I say um, we, whenever I'm talking to people, I like to say we want to make predictive sales um, intelligence as easy as net, signing up for Netflix, where you just – you create an account, you sync your company's CRM, and we do the rest of the work for you, making it kind of headache-free for our customers. Um, our goal is, you know, so it's a SaaS application. So, you know, we run on a, you know, a typical SaaS revenue model. And uh, what, Ross, uh, what's the average customer pay per, per month? Um, our license is $200 a month. And we do offer, you know, an annual subscription, which is a discounted price, two months free for $2,000 for the year. Okay. And you're selling typically to the one individual or you're selling bulk deals to teams? Um, we're selling to anyone. So solo entrepreneurs who just are looking to get, a, you know, get an edge in getting their company started. And also to large organizations who need, you know, maybe dozens, if not hundreds of licenses, they have large dispersed sales teams. And that's why the SaaS format was perfect. Yeah, I know. That's great. So how many licenses have you scaled to today? How many folks using you? Um, so we are actually just in our initial beta phase. So uh, we have some beta partners that are going to be, you know, using the platform over the next month or two. And then we're hoping to roll into a full launch, you know, later this fall slash early winter. Oh, I love that, Ross. Okay, so so are you pre-revenue today? Have you closed anybody? We are pre-revenue. All of our users are on a free, you know, are using the platform for free at the moment while in the beta, you know, we're doing bug fixing, all that good stuff, user feedback. And then at that, at, once that's complete and we're confident everything is working 100%, we'll roll into our full subscription model. Okay, I love this. So so a lot of people listening are like, Nathan, why don't you ever, ever have any pre-revenue people on? That's where I am. Not these people doing 100 million in revenue. So this is going to be a valuable interview for them. When did you launch the company? Was it just, did you start coding it in this year? Um, so we basically been coding. Um, so I have a co-founder. He's the technical founder. Um, he's been coding for about seven months just to get to the platform to where it is today, which is in that, that beta phase. Um, and then, like I said, you know, we're going to do about a month or two of testing, just make sure all the bugs are squashed, any bugs that pop up, all the get some user feedback, make any fine tuned performance changes and then roll into that full launch. So. And it's just the two of you right now? Um, there's actually four of us. Uh, the two of us are the founders, and we have two other members who joined our team a little bit later on in the process. Um, so we're a four-person team right now. We're all under the age of 26. So that young, hungry team, um, we all kind of have a diversity of backgrounds, both personally and professionally. So it's kind of cool. We have kind of a unique dynamic, but we uh, we have an exciting team. And, and did equity split just between you and your co-founder or across all four? All four of us. Yep. I, uh, the other two are equity partners at this point. We're all, we're bootstrapping, you know, like you said, so you, you, maybe your users want some of those pre-revenue companies. We are hard bootstrapping, um, you know, to this point, all of us work other jobs kind of as we're getting this company off the ground, just little side hustles to kind of keep the lights on as we build proximate. And, uh, you know, hoping to eventually get to the point where we can start getting some customers, maybe some revenue, and then eventually look into, you know, maybe closing a seed round. Yep. Okay. So ever, I was going to ask you, so how are you paying everybody? So no one's taking any pay right now. They're just doing side, they're just putting in less time and doing side work. 
Yeah, most of us, I mean, I'm full-time on Proximate, and then my side jobs are kind of part-time. Um, the other three have full-time jobs, and they work on Proximate in their, their you know, nights and weekends, I guess you could say, is, you know, the kind of the traditional weekend warrior startup founder. Um, and then we're hoping eventually, you know, in the next few months here, when we get this off the ground more fully, um, that we can get that seed round in so that we can really go all in full time, all four of us. What seed, what, what are you aiming when you do a seed round? Well, how much do you want to raise at what valuation? Um, our goal is to raise uh, $500,000 for a 12.5% stake in the company. So it's a $3.5 million pre-money evaluation. It will be $4 million once the money's in. Um, and that's a really good starting point for us. It gives us a 12-month runway to um, – you know, start onboarding customers, hopefully get some traction, get some revenue on the books. And, um, you know, our goal is to aim, our goal is to aim for 500 licenses in the first 12 months once we fully roll the the platform out. Yep. 500 grand in a 12 month runway means your expenses right now, I'll call it 40, 41 grand per month. Is that mainly salaries or any other big expenses? That would be, yeah, that would be basically the 40 grand a month would be uh, all four of us to get us, you know, at least a starting salary. So again, we can do this full time. And then, some I've budgeted in, you know, some marketing, sales expenses, travel. You know, um, later in September, we're sponsoring a startup showcase in the Boston area. So little events like that where we're going to start to go out and really kind of spread the word about what we're doing. Are you are you all based in Boston? Um, two of us are. One is in Ohio and one is in Florida. We are a distributed team at the moment. And how did you meet the other, you know, the, the two that are not in Boston? Um, so the, the co-founder who's in Florida, he, um, and I met through my stepfather who run, he also runs his own business. <coughs> so that's how kind of he and I met. And then the other two, um, one I met through just another professional connection I had, um, he's our chief data scientist. So he does all of our AI programming. Um, and then the other one, I met her, um, at a, just a networking event and I was just really impressed by her resume and her background. So I approached her about her interest in joining our team and, uh, we kind of just evolved organically from there. And Ross, are I assume you're like the business guy, right? Oops. Sorry. You broke up there on the last one. You know, problem. I said, I'm assuming you're kind of the business guy, right? Yeah, I'm the, you know, sales, marketing, business ops guy. And, and it was your idea? Yes, Proximate started, um, I started off the concept, yeah. So let me ask you a question. There's a lot of business people right now listening, or maybe analysts at VC firms that want to jump out into their own thing, but they always go, Nathan, I, how do I find a technical co-founder? And I say, well, you've got to be really persuasive, right? So walk me through, how have you convinced all these other people to, in their free time, do work for you for the past seven or eight months with no salary, betting on the chance that maybe this becomes worth something one day? Yeah, you know, I think the key for them was when they met me was hearing me talk about Proxima and how passionate I was about the idea and how, you know, from my own experiences, I really believed that this platform could make a difference in salespeople's and sales organizations' lives in the future. And I think for a lot of them, they said, listen, for the three of them, they said, listen, I, I you seem so passionate about this and, and you've done the homework, you've done the research, you know, I shared with them all of the information that I've sourced to kind of, as I was putting the idea together. And I think that was just really what helped convince them, you know, 
for Thomas Bowles, who's my co-founder, he was he is the Salesforce administrator for a um, for a B two B company. So he has a little bit more firsthand experience of kind of some of the shortcomings in the today's CRM sales cloud environment, and he's seen it firsthand. So he kind of was a little faster to relate to. Oh yeah, yeah. There's definitely a a gap here with what salespeople need and what's available to them today. So I'm I'm excited to kind of go on this journey with you to see if we can come up with a solution together and put this together. Um, and then the other two, like I said, I think they just really. Well, hold on. How, how did you incentivize him in terms of equity? Are you guys just 50, 50 partners or how, what would you give him? Um, roughly, you know, I've, um, you know, he, he and I are the two primary shareholders. Um, you know, I have a slightly larger stake in, in the company, you know, being that the concept was mine to start, but yeah, he, he and I together own the bulk of the company. More than 90%. Um, we together are 80. Okay, good. And then the other 20 are for maybe the other two people that you brought on and need to incentivize. Yeah. Yes. And then we do have a, um, you know, we have an advisor, some advisors who've gotten a little bit of, you know, some small advisor equity. So, um, you know, and then I've also already actually set aside that 12 and percent that I was mentioning to raise the seed round is actually oh, already allocated in our, in our, um, cap table. Yeah. You're assuming like a fully diluted cap table post the seed round. Yes. Yeah. Um, interesting. It, why, why give out advisor shares uh, before you've even launched? You know, I, I like to think of myself as a smart guy and a forward thinking guy, but I also like to think of part of that intelligence is being aware that I have a lot to learn and grow still. And so our advisors are people that have a lot more experience than both myself and my team members in the fields that we're trying to go into. One of them is a, an entrepreneur himself. So just his experience in a, in, a, in a B2B entrepreneur, his experience of building a company and engaging and in, in, in trying to convince business buyers to kind of buy into what you're selling. His experience in that has kind of been very invaluable for me, just kind of leading this ship. And then we have another advisor who's more in the AI space. Um, and so just his experience of doing AI research and AI development and submitting patents in the AI space has been really helpful for us as we've been building this tool. Um, so I just, I believe in surrounding myself with people who are smarter than me. Um, I think if you're the smartest person in the room, you're probably not pushing yourself hard enough. And so that's why I've reached out to those two people. Um, but Ross, why, why use equity? My point is why use equity as the incentive, right? There's a lot of people I know that believe everything you just said, but they've gotten really smart people around them, advisors that spend, you know, five hours a week with them without having to give equity because those advisors believe in the entrepreneur. So that's what I'm trying to figure out is why did you feel like you had to use the equity as an incentive? You know, I just, I, I I believe in um, a kind of a team concept and and I want everyone to feel like they're, you know, if this is a ship, we all have a seat on the boat together, right? And if this boat swims, we all swim together and everyone gets, you know, gets rewarded for the time and and the energy and the effort that they've put in. And, um, you know, I, I just, from my experiences, I believe that for those people that they should get that it's just that that's what I've always believed in is that you should, if you're going to put the time and effort into something like this, especially an early stage, like you said, pre-revenue startup, um, that, you know, there should be a reward there for that effort at the end. And hopefully, you know, the collective, um, energies that we put into this together will have a, a reward for all of us. Yeah, no, that's good. Guys, I'll just tell you too, uh, those of you listening on your way to work this morning, you know, another great way to do this without having to give up equity is, is say things like, Hey, early advisors, you'll have right of first refusal on the seed round. 
right? So if you want to get in, like you can definitely get in. Um, I just want to, I always try and encourage people, Ross, as best they can to get people around them without having to use monetary incentives because people that give bad advice are typically the ones that ask for advisory shares, right? Or require advisory shares before they lift a finger. It sounds like you, uh, though, this, this is a pro- totally okay way to do it. I just want people to have options. Uh, a right of first refusal is good too. Yeah, I actually, so I, so I actually have a third, I call him an informal advisor. He actually is doing it without any equity. Um, we don't actually list him on the, you know, as, as a formal advisor, just is it's a little more informal. So we have a little bit of both. And, you know, like you said, for the people listening, there definitely are more than one way to, to go about that. So. Yeah. Very good, Ross. Uh, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Um, I just got the um, High Performance Handbook um, by Iliad Guild, and it's been. Fin- I'm not done reading it yet, but so far it's fantastic. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, David Cancel, CEO and founder of Drift, um, love everything that he and his team are working on and they're about. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business? Um, I love LinkedIn. I'm big on LinkedIn. So number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Um, I try to get the solid eight, but sometimes I end up spending a little too much time on the laptop or iPad. So it ends up being five or six. All right. And, and what's your situation? Married, single kiddos? Single, just uh, putting all my as much time as I can into building this this uh, this ship for the future. That's good. And no kids? No kids. No. All right. And how old are you? I am 26 years old. 26. Last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Um, I wish my 20 year old self knew that. Just if you have a dream, go for it. If there's something you're really passionate about or excited about, go for it. Um, you can always find a way to build it. And uh, that's what I'm doing now. And uh, hopefully it uh, hopefully it pays off, even though it's a few years late. <laughs> Guys, there you have it. If you have a dream, go for it. You're launching earlyproximate.io. Again, quit the corporate job. Everyone working part-time jobs to make the thing float for the past eight months while they build it. Now scaling of their first child customers, hoping to turn on revenue in the form of $200 per month seats, helping sales team, be- sales teams better predict sales 